Hey everyone, this is Will, and welcome to this brand new and exciting episode of The Missing Piece. When the world continues to follow the war in Ukraine at this moment, of course, given the fact that people are still questioning whether Vladimir Putin is going to ever stop this war and the country of Ukraine will ever be restored and back to normalcy. But meanwhile on the show that we need to take a break from discussing this political and also this economic changes regarding the country of Ukraine. But meanwhile, we need to look at other countries who is also undergoing this tremendous political and social changes at the same time. And how about the country of Lebanon? For so long that we know that this country has been through so much regarding this political and also this economic occupation by other countries and also internally today, things are not looking quite positive at the same time. So that's why today we need to talk about and we need to discuss how one internal or seems to be one internal accident, it's actually the symbol for this country's defamation. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to invite Dario Sabagi. And Dario is a freelance journalist and reporting stories all the way from the Middle East. Dario, and welcome to The Missing Piece. Thank you, Will. Well, you welcome, Dario. Now, again, initially when I discovered you, because this amazing article that you wrote and is entitled... Beirut's collapsing grain silos are a symbol of Lebanon's dysfunction. On one hand, it's understandable that today, when we look at what's happening in each country, again, the countries in Asia, the countries in Europe, of course, many countries in the Middle East. But when we talk about Lebanon, as I mentioned in the intro, this country has been through so much over the decades. I mean, political, socially, and also economic speaking. But within this article, you mentioned, and I want to quote something, that you said, politicians try to hide the evidence regarding this accident, but we are here because people want justice. And that's from one of the protesters. Can you help us? What exactly happened behind the incident and why are the people today demanding the truth instead of believing it's just one of the accidents? Sure. Today, uh, Lebanon is facing uh, a rampant economic crisis and a political instability, but it's not that uh, it started since 2019, uh, but it makes to many years before that date. So today, the, um, the explosion at the port of Beirut that happened on the 4th of August of 2020, it has become the, uh, the symbol of satisfaction of this state. Because um, on one side, uh, the economic crisis exacerbated the, the lives of uh, Lebanese. Other side, the other, uh, on the other side, the, um, the blast represent, re represent uh, the corruption, the nepotism, the political instability of the country. Uh, in terms of uh, the quote you just, uh, you just mentioned, uh, there is no more uh, contact between people and the political class, which is blamed to be the, the main... Uh, 
the main responsible of the economic crisis and the political instability in the, in the country. Therefore, there is a, an opposition between the political class and uh, the Lebanese people. Uh, the, uh, therefore, there is no more trust and uh, people in uh, the specific case of the of the explosion, they want justice because so far, after two years since the explosion happened that uh, killed more than 200 people and injured more, more than 6,700 uh, 6, people, there is no accountability for, uh, for, this uh, for this tragedy. There are ongoing investigations, internal investigations, but uh, are at a stall point. There are stalemate on that. So basically, the people want uh, want justice. Want uh, want to find justice after years and years that people forgot. Uh, people lost the memory of what happened in Lebanon uh, during the civil war, during the following years, the civil war, and today, uh, where the uh, where the economic uh, the, uh, the economic crisis has been affecting Lebanese, uh, not only uh, in financial terms but on everyday life. Dario, based on this previous answer that you shared with me, one thing, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying that the people in Lebanon, so the Lebanese could no longer trust the government. Now, let me be, let me ask another simple question on behalf of viewers. How much do you think the government is aware, this mistrust between the people and the government today? So in other words, we know that today there could be many reasons for people not to trust the capabilities and also the financial uh, support from the government. But when we talk about this social or societal stability, if the government can no longer be trusted by the people, how much do you think that the government actually aware of this issue and has the government taken any necessary steps to restore their trust among the people in Lebanon. Help us understand, Dario. The government is uh, fully aware of this mistrust of people, uh, is uh, fully aware of this uh, clash, internal clash between citizens and the uh, political elite. Uh, but at, at the same time, we have seen with the last election happened in, uh, in May, that most of political class, uh, political establishment has been reelected. Uh, if you wonder why, uh, there are many uh, many reasons. Uh, there is a good news for Lebanese people, which is that thirteen MPs belonging to Saura movement, which means a revolution movement, starting in twenty nineteen, uh, have been elected following uh, those uh, those protests. Uh, two, uh, two years long protests, almost three years long protests. And, but at the same time, uh, major parties such as uh, Hezbollah, Amal, uh, Free Party movements, Lebanese forces, which are uh, defined as a traditional sectarian political parties, have been reelected. So there hasn't been so much change since the economic crisis erupted in uh, 2019. Mm. So the government is fully aware of that, but in terms of act, taking action, it's not doing anything because we have seen during the uh, election campaigns that the economic crisis have brought 
people uh, to that belong to uh, sects to belong to uh, certain parts of Lebanon have uh, established uh, a kind of uh, trust in the terms of the uh, in terms of the election. Um, mm-hmm. what, what I mean is basically uh, politician by vote. Uh, there have been cases reported, I reported some cases as well, that when there is economic crisis, uh, people uh, go ask help to the uh, community. Mm. The community um, is led by traditional parties, so there, there hasn't been too much change uh, regarding regarding this. Um, so, so far the government has only responded by the force, just clashing with the protesters during uh, during these years, um, has tried to uh, lift the subsidies of uh, foods, basic needs of, uh, of people, but at the same time the inflation just went up and uh, it just worsened the situation. Mm. Uh, in terms of the how he, uh, what, what is doing in a, at the international level, the government is trying to take some uh, help from an international monetary fund for a recovery package. But in order to do that, it has to implement some crucial, uh, crucial legislation, some uh, crucial reforms. And so far, it's not doing anything about that because uh, now uh, we have been uh, through the election. The government is not yet formed. In October, uh, between end of October and early November, there would be the election of the president as well. So the political establishment is working on that to mm. to take a, a certain uh, kind of uh, calm within the political uh, scenario. Daryl, you know, when we talk about political instability, again, as we mentioned before, on one hand, there will be one major presidential election coming up this year. But meanwhile, when we look at other countries, when we talk about political changes or political instability, many other people would describe some part of the country, excuse me, some part of the world as dictatorship. And also some people call it, you know, another countries or many countries in the Middle East or in the Africa continent are being ruled by military powers. And also last scenario, it's even though we have countries, for example, as the United States of America, it's so-called a democratic system. But meanwhile, people begin to see this polarization taking place within the country. So, Dario, again, you are based in Lebanon. So I want to ask you the question very simple. Which scenario do you think today it's actually quite fitting into the political system in Lebanon today? Is it polarization? Is it authoritarian system? Is it because military rulers or any other reasons? And what can we expect from this upcoming election in order to see any changes or hopefully any type of modification so that the Lebanese today could feel more trusted or feel more safe within this country? Sure. Uh, let's start clarifying that the election is not direct election of the president. Uh, Lebanon uh, has a power sharing system following the civil war. 
therefore the president is elected uh, by the member of the parliament mm. so the, the game is within the parliament itself to decide will be the next president and th- now Lebanon in terms of what you asked um, it's a very, there is an internal debate of what is Lebanon today so democracy is an authoritarian system uh, what can be Lebanon? Lebanon, uh, of course, formally is a democracy. There is, uh, uh, of course, a, a election, uh, but there are um, separation of powers. But you know, reality is not as simple as just uh, I just said. Um, in terms, for example, in the justice, there are um, there, there are some kind of uh, incursion of the uh, of the political establishment within the judiciary system. Also, there is a parallel state which is called uh, Hezbollah, which is a part is a party with a military wing as well that has its own banks, uh, its own uh, institution as well. There is um, Lebanon has many layers. Uh, in, a, in a in in its country, and uh, but at the same time, there is a strong civil society which is fighting to have an actual democracy within mm. the Lebanese system. Uh, the, Le- uh, the Lebanese country, we don't have to forget that many of the actors they are playing now in the uh, Lebanese politics come from the uh, Lebanese uh, civil war and they played an important role during the, during those years. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of the, of the civil society uh, players call that mafia states uh, uh, because there are several groups there are uh, anywhere uh, any anyone else there is a, a, klepto, a, klepto, a kleptocracy mm. also have been mentioned as well in the, uh, by describing this country as well so there are many aspects of um, of the Lebanese country that we cannot define clearly it's authoritarian if you ask me if it's full authoritarian i would say no uh, but it's a full democracy I, I doubt about that in terms of the of the factual uh, of the facts that uh, I see here in, in Lebanon. So, uh, if we try to balance what what we see now, um, that there are many uh, there are many aspects of a Lebanese country, but it's on the first stage of a democracy, and uh, with with the revolution movement that started in twenty nineteen. Uh, things are slowly changing, but at the same time, people are uh, less hopeful that things change because of the economic crisis that is impacting the Lebanese society uh, in uh, many aspects. For example, younger young people are just going away from the country, are just leaving the country because it's unbearable for the future to remain here in Lebanon. Dario, I want to go back to the article, again, something that you wrote, and I quote, this is what you wrote. In Lebanon, political accountability has been one of the main demands of the ongoing anti-government protest. The demonstration began in late 2019 as a response to the country's economic crisis that has left more than 80% of the population affected by poverty as of 
2021. Now let's take let's take a step back. When we talk about this economic collapse, given this fact that the whole world is still experiencing, or I want to be careful, is still slowly recovering from this economic slowness because of the pandemic. But meanwhile, when we talk about this deficit, especially this economic gap within each country across the world, there could be many theories and many facts and many more truths to be told. However, in terms of this economic deficit or this economic gap in Lebanon, correct me if I'm wrong, Dario, this has nothing to do with a pandemic or has little to do with a pandemic. So you are the one on the ground. Help us to understand how terrible or how disappointing is the economic situation today in Lebanon so that the protest especially among the younger generations, has been generating much greater or louder noises towards the government. So in other words, what are the causes and why the economic deficit is getting so much greater that it began to become worrisome, not only for the people in Lebanon, but also actually can spill over the countries right next to Lebanon? Sure. So Lebanese uh, financial and economic crisis has uh, very little to do with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. It started in uh, 20, late 2019, actually on October 17, on 2019, the protest started that date. But uh, we can date it back uh, since years before uh, that date. Uh, it's so much different from an economic crisis. I don't, if, I don't, if I don't get wrong, World Bank has uh, defined the Lebanese economic crisis as one of the worst since the mid of 19th century. Um, it started basically with a Ponzi scheme. In other words, uh, Lebanese uh, bank, uh, bank depositors have been trapped by banks and uh, from the Lebanese state. Uh, according to the records of many institutions. Uh, the Ponzi scheme basically works in a way that the banks promised high, uh, high interests uh, in order to put the, um, uh, in order that uh, clients put money in their banks. And also we don't have to forget uh, and uh, in, um, and at that date moment, uh, everything disappeared. Also, we don't have to forget that uh, Lebanese economy is almost an all-imported country, which, it may, which means they don't export uh, much. They uh, import uh, almost all goods they, uh, they needed. And uh, at the same time, the Lebanese lira, which is the local currency, is back to U.S. dollars. So today we have a multidimensional economic crisis with, uh, that affects every sector of the society, starting from the energy, starting from the uh, food security, and uh, going to actually every sector of the 
of the of the country. Uh, we have now uh, Lebanese have now uh, different currencies and exchange rates in order to survive in uh, this condition. They have no energy stability because they don't have oil, they don't have uh, electricity, they import electricity from, uh, for example, Iraq. Uh, they, they, um, they are not able to pay uh, for any goods. So in terms of, the, of this economic aspect, uh, it's so bad the economic crisis that many people are living who can afford uh, to live and if you consider that now for a uh, medium wage of a Lebanese is about $60 per month and if you add that inflection uh, inflation has become has gained like 211 uh, percent you can imagine how it's living in um, in, the, in the Lebanese states so there are uh, several aspects that we could analyze but briefly, uh, Lebanese crisis has just ruined the life of, uh, of uh, many Lebanese in, a, in every sector. And uh, it is going worse day, uh, day by day because uh, also it's hampered, uh, um, it hampered also the, the, political, the, the political shift, the political change. Because in this economic situation, even if the government has all the goodwill to uh, recover from the crisis, uh, change politically, it cannot do it because of the economic crisis that is stagnant in the, in the country. Dario, I want to go back to uh, what I mentioned in the intro. The whole world continues to watch and follow this war in Ukraine between Ukraine and Russia. Of course, that because of the war in Ukraine, that the whole world is facing a lot more major crises, for example, energy crisis and also food insecurity. I realized that within the article, you also mentioned that Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February and, and the wheat crisis that followed prompted the Lebanese government to change its plans and to look for alternatives for grain storage to address food insecurity. Now, again, as you mentioned before, the economic crisis has already taken a toll on the people. Now, on top of that, when we look at the war in Ukraine, that kind of adding the salt to the wound, don't you think? So in other words, if the Lebanese government or uh, perhaps has the Lebanese government changed a strategy in order to, to fix the gap or fix the issue in terms of the food insecurity or this energy crisis, how has the government done anything to make it worse for the people in Lebanon? And has it been very effective or we're still looking for hopes in the long run? Sure, uh, as I mentioned before, Lebanon export all of uh, the goods, uh, including with. So following the um, Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine, uh, of course, uh, Lebanese were worried about the, the fate of the wheat import from uh, Ukraine, we don't have to forget that uh, uh, Lebanon imports around 80% of goods from Ukraine. And uh, the wheat in Ukraine uh, basically is uh, uh, grown in uh, south, south and uh, 
east of the of the Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian territory, which is uh, which are the what is the actual the, the confrontation between between the Ukrainian army and the Russian Russian army. So of course uh, there, there was a worry. Uh, there was worrying up, uh, among among Lebanese. We have seen uh, an increase of price of wheat in Lebanon, also the sunflower oil, which is uh, imported from uh, Ukraine um, itself. And uh, but at the same time, uh, Lebanon has uh, had some storage in uh, Tripoli and uh, and uh, Beirut, so they could afford something at the beginning, but now there is a food instability, a wind instability actually uh, for that as well, because they have no money mm. uh, for uh, buying more uh, uh, wind from other countries because would be uh, become expensive. That's not just about uh, a Lebanon condition. It's also a condition of the older uh, Middle East country, for for example, Egypt reliance on uh, Ukraine, uh, Ukraine with, and uh, also those countries in uh, uh, in North Africa mm. as well, like for example, such as Tunisia. And mm. uh, now Lebanon has requested uh, some funds from. Uh, uh, from uh, from the World Bank uh, and uh, IMF to support to buy uh, to buy with, but and uh, internally Lebanon has uh, little done with that. So we have uh, we have been facing some strikes from uh, from the bakeries uh, bakeries unions for from uh, this. Uh, this increase of price and there's a lack of uh, with itself. So um, the, the the situation is is going worse also on uh, this particular aspect of uh, food stability. Mm. Dario, I know you are very busy. Stay with me. I got two more questions before letting you go. Now let's go back to your article. Again, as we mentioned before, those silos really serve as memorial to the victims. And this is something that you also uh, wrote, and I quote, A memorial is needed to remember the tragedies such as the Berlin Wall Memorial or the memorial as Hiroshima. But meanwhile, the Lebanese architect that who collaborate with the victims of the families, again, because the collapse that actually brought much greater sadness and also this uh, a devastation to the families but going back to the beginning of the conversation if we can interpret such collapse as the dysfunction of the Lebanese, how could people find hope in this country in the long run so in other words for example, when we look at some of the countries who are also undergoing this major political and also this economic uncertainty, many people, they just left. So in other words, this is a very simple way, right? I just pick up my things, I just leave the country. But meanwhile, I believe some people or majority of the citizens are still maintain hopeful and positive and hoping that this government can redirect the country into the right path or onto the right path how likely is going to happen that the government can can realize that it's time to put people back on the right course so that the country is going to grow it's not going to become in other words a disappointment for the citizens sure um 
Some people uh, uh, have lack, as you just mentioned. Some people cannot afford to live. So there are some people in Lebanon that even if they want to live, they can cannot afford economically. That's why uh, Lebanon is uh, right now facing a crisis of migrants, of Lebanese and Syrian migrants going away from Lebanon through via uh, uh, sea. So they are smuggling, basically smuggling mm. to Cyprus or to Turkey or Greece to living Lebanon that way. And uh, some other people don't want to live because they have roots here and that's a pretty, well, pretty understandable. They want to continue to, fi- to fight. There are other people that want, they don't want to live because it's their house here, their lands. Many Lebanese have lands here. Mm. Uh, also, there are people there, they have just become hopeless, but at the same time, they live day by day because they don't know what to do. But in terms of uh, the sales, the sales story itself is uh, pretty symbolic because uh, people still want to fight. They still have hope uh, in uh, not in the labor, not in the Lebanese government, but uh, in, in, the, uh, in the Lebanese people. Mm. So that, that's why they still continue to fight to have a justice. Because if not for them, will will the the explosion will 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 be forgotten, as it will be as it was forgotten the civil war or uh, other uh, other story that happens in between. So for them, it is uh, really important to like, uh, keep the silo to which, by the way, the northern section has just collapsed entirely just last week. So the all, uh, just the south section, which is more stable, has uh, has remained, and they want to uh, protect them, uh, protect it, and preserve and uh, preserve. Sorry, uh, in order to uh, to remind all Lebanese what happened and what the government what the government did according to them, mm-hmm. as they blamed the government itself as the main responsible of the of the disaster, and at the same time, the government is trying to look to to not to push further to to cancel this kind of uh, memorial from uh, memory from um, from the minds of uh, Lebanese because uh, the tension are uh, growing and uh, Lebanese when when I talk when I said that Lebanese are gay, are against the government I don't mean all the Lebanese so they are part of the Lebanese they are against mm. the government there are other there support the traditional political parties because of the power sharing system the community unity that there is in a in, when there is such economic crisis like today the first thing they go to ask uh, the first people they go to ask help are the traditional parties for vote exchange or for uh, any kind of help from any kind of favor that could happen so the, the response of the Lebanese government, I don't think it will be uh, much different as has been done so far. Hmm. Dario, I want to wrap up our conversation by going back to something very simple. Again, as I mentioned in the intro, you are a journalist and you travel extensively among the countries in the Middle East. 
And we know that today, the countries in the Middle East today are gaining much more attention, not only for the countries in the West, but also for many more la major, uh, uh, larger economic partners. Now, the last question, again, is very simple. What does that mean to bring democracy back to Lebanon. So in other words, how should we interpret the word democracy today in the country of Lebanon? Is it just more than is it just more than political freedom or it's actually something much deeper that we need to particularly the people who are not familiar with what's happening in Lebanon, what's happening in the countries in the Middle East today that the definition of democracy has been elevated into the next level. Democracy in Lebanon uh, could have many meanings for people. It depends who you ask. Uh, today, as we know, the democracy as power to the people, uh, free election, uh, separation of power, this is not the case of Lebanon. Uh, as I mentioned before, Lebanon is in my opinion, it's an early stage of the democracy, uh, the democratic process to become an actual democracy, mm. which should be, it's, which is very difficult to achieve in uh, such a kind of uh, situation. Uh, also because uh, Lebanon has a community with uh, many, uh, many people that belong to different religions, to different kind of communities and uh, political opinions. So for now, for uh, Lebanon democracy, is, uh, first of all, uh, I think for the for a part of Lebanese, finding a justice, mm. uh, seeking a justice for what happened for the sales, what happened for the economic crisis, for, for the political instability. First of all, I think, in my opinion, uh, that means democracy for uh, for uh, for Lebanese right now. Mm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's my great honor to speak to Dario Sabagi. And again, Dario, it's a freelance journalist that he travels is extensively around the countries in the Middle East. And of course, I strongly encourage everyone to go online, look for his amazing article and called Beirut's collapsing grain silos are a symbol of Lebanon's dysfunction. Dario, thank you so much for taking your time to join the show. And again, we really appreciate that your hard work and also your insights all the way on the ground. And we pray, brother, you're gonna be safe and sound as we continue to hear from you and read your upcoming stories, not only about Lebanon, but also the countries across the Middle East. Thank you, Dario. And brother, stay safe.